Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we'll explore the six best crystals for connecting with spirit. Plus, I'll include a crystal meditation for spirit connection. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Victoria. Victoria says, Hi Ashley, I love your podcast so much. It's one of my favorite go-tos for learning about crystals. Whenever I encounter a new crystal I want to learn about, or even one I know well and want more insight, I check to see if you've done an episode on it. The two crystals I'm so curious about right now and haven't found an episode for yet are Petersite and Priscelli Bluestone. I have both of them and I love them so much. It seems like there's less info around about them, perhaps because they're less common than other crystals. I'd love to get your perspective and I hope you'll consider them for an upcoming episode. Well, Victoria, I will definitely be having an episode on Procelli Bluestone in the somewhat near future, probably in the next couple months, because they are a big part of a very special event that I'll be planning with my dear friend Nicholas Pearson. More details about that in the near future. But for right now, so that you don't have to wait, I thought I'd give you a small snippet of information and insight into both of these stones. So I don't have too much to say about them, except I first want to confirm that, yes, you are 100% right. The reason why you find probably a little less information around online about these crystals is because they are a bit less common. That being said, they are both phenomenal crystals. Highly recommend adding them to your toolkit if you're able to find them. So petersite can be used for stimulating intuition and psychic ability. It's great for increasing your energy and vitality. Um, It's also known to facilitate astral travel. So if you are interested in astral travel, dream work, that sort of thing, you can place some petersite on your bedside table. Phenomenal to use that way. It's also great for spiritual growth and spiritual exploration. So, if you want to get in touch more with your spiritual side, which is actually something we'll be discussing in today's episode, Peter Sight would make a great substitute for any of the stones that I'll cover a little bit later on. It's also an excellent stone for stimulating creativity and artistic vision. So, if you've been feeling a little bit stuck or blocked creatively, or like you just can't quite see the end result of what you're working to create, Peter Sight helps give you a little bit more clarity when it comes to your vision around what you're trying to create with your art. Peter Sight is also great for enhancing guidance received during meditation, to instill willpower and determination, and to help you develop your lucid dreaming skills. So not only is it great for that astral travel and dream work in general, but particularly for those who are working on lucid dreaming, which means kind of like conscious dreaming. 
You can also learn more about Petersite in my book, Crystals for Energy Healing, a practical source book of 100 crystals. In that book, I give information about the appearance and color, the current availability, physiological correspondences, psychological correspondences, keywords, a little bit about the geology and background and crystal structure, as well as any legendary uses, attributes and powers about the stone, and one way to work with that crystal. So there is a really thorough write-up of Petersite in my book, Crystals for Energy Healing, which is available anywhere books are sold. If you'd like a signed copy of that book, you can head over to my shop website, mimosaspirit.com, and find signed editions there. Now, on to Priscelli Bluestone. This is one I'm actually super excited to talk about today, so I was so happy to see your question come in. Priscelli Bluestone is only found in the Priscelli Hills of Pembrokeshire in Wales. And it's actually a form of dolerite. And I want to just say that Sue Lily has done the most amazing work with Priscelli Bluestone. And if you want a super in-depth look at just this one crystal, I would highly recommend the book Priscelli Bluestone Healing Stone of the Ancestors by Sue and Simon Lilly. It really touches on the mythology of Priscelli Bluestone and its connection to Stonehenge. And it uses this as a framework for working with Priscelli Bluestone for healing and ancestral work. It is fantastic. Now this overall is a stone of the ancients and it carries with it the wisdom of generations and the magic of the ages. It's really strongly connected with the archetypes of Arthurian legend and is a symbol of loyalty, bravery, earth healing, and mysticism. And I go a little bit deeper into this also in my book, Crystals for Energy Healing. So if you want to learn a little bit more about the Stonehenge connection, as well as Priscelli Bluestone's connection with the site known as Caridwin's Womb, and the legend and lore about this stone that comes from the Black Book of Carmarthen, I would really encourage you to check out my book, Crystals for Energy Healing. But for sure, for sure, if this is a stone you're interested in, you'll want to get that seminal work by Simon and Sue Lilly as well. Victoria goes on to ask another question and says, I find it interesting that a lot of people talk about feeling and being influenced by the energy of crystals just by having them nearby, whereas I don't feel anything, at least consciously, unless it's directly touching my skin. I think this is pretty common, Victoria, to be honest. Um, it, it all just has to do with, I think, our individual perceptions, how we perceive energy, how we consciously tune in or shield ourselves from energies as well. So for some people, they might be very, very influenced by the energy of a space or of the crystals that are in that room. But for others, myself included, I kind of think this is because we consciously or maybe even subconsciously put up these sort of barriers or shields to our own energy where we're only energetically tuned into the things that we kind of are choosing to tune into or are intentionally tuned into. Now, you know, I've heard a lot of people who identify as empaths explain that you know, they really don't have a choice in this matter. They kind of pick up on everything. So I really think that everyone's just a little bit different here. And I definitely wouldn't think that this is something to view negatively or to be disappointed in. This doesn't mean that you are any less sensitive to your crystals. It doesn't mean that you're 
any less of a healer. It doesn't mean anything like that at all. It's all just about the way that we perceive and interact with energy around us. And we're all unique. We all have different ways of doing this. So I think that's totally fine. If this is a skill that you'd like to develop, then I would suggest maybe starting really small. Maybe place a crystal on the tabletop in front of you hover your hands over it without touching it and see if you can kind of tune into its energy that way and progressively, you know, move that crystal a little further and a little further and a little further. Um, But I don't even think this is something that's necessary. Only if you feel like that's a skill that you'd like to develop that you feel like is missing, that might be one way to try. For Victoria's final question, they go on to say, have you ever seen people do tarot layouts on Instagram? and they put a crystal next to each card. For example, someone lays out three cards and there's a crystal above each card in the spread, which they say were chosen intuitively. I've always wondered why they do that. Well, Victoria, this is a great question and I can't necessarily speak for anyone else, but I actually wrote a blog post about this quite some time ago. It's called Working with Crystals and the Major Arcana of the Tarot. And you can find that over on my website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. Just do a search for tarot. You'll see a few articles come up, but this will be one of them. And I talk about this practice of working with crystals alongside your card spreads to add more context to the cards in your tarot spread or reading to discover more about the cards themselves. So if you pull a card and you're looking for more information to clarify the meaning of that particular card, you could draw another card for additional information, or you can reach for a bowl or pouch of mixed stones, like 10 to 20 is usually good to give you some good variety, and then hold the bag in your hands above the tarot card, ask that the stone help provide you with a little more clarity about the meaning of that card, and then pull a stone from the bag. And then think about you know what you've already interpreted the card to mean up to that point, and think about the properties of that particular crystal, experiences you've had in your life with that stone, what that stone means to you, thinking about the archetypal or symbolic energy of the card and the crystal, and seeing how that crystal provides more context or clarity to the meaning of the card. I think this is a really useful tool for learning more about tarot as well as crystals. And although I don't know if the people who are doing readings on Instagram are necessarily doing this, I think that it can provide some really good insight into your tarot or oracle card readings. So again, if you want to read all about that, check out my blog post, Working with Crystals and the Major Arcana of the Tarot, over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And I also have a podcast episode by the same title, if you'd rather listen. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for your amazing questions today. I really appreciate them. And I hope that this gave you a little intro to two stones that you were curious about, as well as some resources for finding out more. And that I helped kind of solve some mysteries about a few other things you were having questions about. Remember, if you have a question you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning crystal healing certification program 
will take you from crystal lover to a confident, certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Maybe you want to deepen your personal spiritual practice by connecting more deeply to your stones. Or maybe you're already working with crystals, but you want to learn some more advanced energy healing techniques. Wherever you're at on your crystal journey, the Love and Light School's CCH program can help you become the confident and intuitive crystal healer you know you can be. Are you ready to listen to the nudges from the universe and take the next steps on your crystal journey? Our CCH program is here to support you every step of the way. Now it's time for us to dive into our main topic for today, the six best crystals for connecting with spirit. So this was honestly a post that I had written years and years ago, and I updated the article a little bit, just thinking about the way that my own viewpoint has changed and shifted over the years about this topic. And I'll be honest, it it wasn't the easiest post to Right. I remember when I wrote this the first time, it it felt easy. It felt um, like I wasn't really conflicted at all when I wrote it. I was just sharing, you know, several ways that people view the realm of spirit in terms of guides, angels, fairies, general spiritual cosmic energy. And The thing about this is, I don't know that I have a lot of clarity on exactly what spirit is. But I think for me, that's part of the draw, that's part of the attraction, part of the appeal is this idea of the mystery and magic that is alive and present in our world. And so as I was kind of updating this post and preparing for recording this podcast episode to go along with it, it was really kind of challenging a lot of my own beliefs and questions. And I'll just be upfront. I still have no real answers about this. And it's very strange because I know what spirit means to me in my own mind, but trying to find the words to describe something that is so magical and so personal for each of us was really a challenge. So I'm just going to ask for a little bit of grace, a little bit of patience with this episode, because it was definitely a challenge for me to try to put this into words, um, as well as to be as inclusive as possible of all spiritual beliefs and all perspectives around spirit and what spirit means for each of us. Because this is such an individual and personal relationship for each and every person. So as I just explained, the realm of spirit is vast and varied and connecting with spirit means different things to different people. Some view this practice as a way of turning inward and connecting with the higher self, but others look to ancestors or guides or angels and still others look to spirits of place or spirits of the land. But no matter what your view, building your personal relationship, your connection with spirit, should be approached just like any other relationship. It takes patience and dedication and respect to create a meaningful connection. 
Crystals are really helpful for supporting you as you work to deepen this relationship with spirit because stones have the ability to amplify energy, enhance your focus, stimulate intuition, all of which help create and strengthen your connection to the spiritual realm. So with that in mind, I wanted to share six of the best crystals for spiritual connection. First on my list is jade, and this means true jade, either green jadeite jade or green nephrite jade. This isn't new jade, which is serpentine. This is true jade. And I tend to, I think, reach for nephrite a little bit more than jadeite, only because it's a little bit more readily available, but any jade that you have will be just fine. If you're lucky enough to have some lavender jade or black jade, that would also work. Um, but the common green stone is perfect for this practice. So one of the best crystals for connecting with the spirit realm in general is jade. It's a beautiful deep green stone. It has ancient connections as an ancestor stone, especially in China and other places throughout Asia. Your connection to your ancestors can be very important depending on your spiritual practice, and jade can be useful for contacting and connecting with ancestor spirits as well as strengthen your relationship with them. The other thing I want to mention here is that ancestor spirits, even that concept, can mean different things to different people. For some, it may mean people in your personal ancestral lineage who have come before you and who you are a direct descendant of. For other, this might mean your spirit ancestors, a collective of ancestors. So I just want to acknowledge that no matter what your view here is when you are working with ancestral spirits, jade is really helpful for facilitating that connection. Number two on my list is angelite, which is known for helping you connect with guides and angels. I like this stone because it brings the protective energy of your guides into your space and calls upon them for guidance. So this crystal can help you find a great deal of comfort, helping you feel safe and supported when there are things outside of your control that feel really overwhelming. Some people view this as like a guardian angel type presence. For me, I just view it as that nurturing and supportive energy of spirit. It's also a great stone for stimulating your intuition and allowing messages from your guides to come through loud and clear. So if you really need some clarity, some support, some wisdom, some guidance, reach for angelite. Even if you use this along with a divinatory tool or something like that, this isn't necessarily that you're going to hear a message being spoken to, although it's possible. It's more about just helping you tune in and be more aware to any messages that may be presenting themselves, no matter where they're coming from. Maybe it's a sign in nature. Maybe it's a word or phrase or something that catches your attention while you're reading. Maybe it's something specific that comes up in your divination practice. There are so many ways that these messages and insight can come through, but Angelite really helps facilitate that. Number three on my list of the six best crystals for connecting with spirit is turquoise. Turquoise is one of the most powerful stones for ancestor connection. It's traditionally been known as a wisdom stone, but it's also been known for promoting clear communication with your ancestors. Turquoise also reminds you to reciprocate this relationship 
by honoring ancestral spirits and supports you in finding the best way to show your gratitude for this relationship. Because we have to remember a relationship is only a relationship if it's in balance, if it's in harmony, if it's reciprocal. Next up is number four, green aventuring. Green aventuring promotes harmony in your environment especially in your sacred space or with the land that you occupy. So this crystal comes into the mix in a little bit different way. It's not necessarily about that direct connection, but it's about creating a more welcoming space for spirit. When you're working with spirit, it's really helpful to be sure that your space is tranquil and free from any energetic clutter or psychic debris. So green adventuring works to keep the energy of your space peaceful and harmonious, while you're doing any spiritual work, making the space feel more inviting to beings of the spiritual realm. Next up is number five, Amazonite. Amazonite promotes positive communication with spirit, particularly with nature spirits. And there are a myriad of ways of viewing nature spirits. Some people connect with fairies, others with elementals, others with genius loci, the spirits of place. So when you're trying to connect with these sensitive beings, it's important to remain heart-centered. Approaching nature spirits can be a really delicate process, but when you're coming from a heart-centered place, it helps set the stage for a meaningful connection to take place. Over time, Amazonite can help you develop a deeper relationship with these spirits of place and of the land. Because, you know, everything that I know about connecting with nature spirits from my own experience and from learning from others is that this is a delicate relationship. This is a relationship that takes time, that takes practice, that takes consistent action. And Amazonite can be such a great companion during this process. Last but not least in my list of the six best crystals for connecting with spirit is Malachite. Malachite invites protective guardian spirits into your space to watch over you and all members of your household. This crystal should be placed near the entryway or threshold so that anyone who's entering your home will be protected while they're in the space. Malachite's also a stone of deep healing and allows you to shed any energies that are not serving you. So this helps you enter the space feeling lighter and more at ease. So this is a great crystal to also set in a prominent place in your home to honor household spirits. So I didn't want to just leave you today with a list of crystals without giving you one practical way to work with these stones. So I'd like to share a crystal meditation for spirit connection. And I don't know whether this is quite exactly a meditation or if it's more of just an exercise, but either way, it's a great way to work along with your crystals to help you tune in to that subtle spiritual energy that surrounds you. So you can prepare for this exercise by choosing one of the crystals that I've shared in this episode, or you can substitute any stone you have on hand that helps you feel tuned into spirit. The most important thing is to use your intuition to choose the one that you're most drawn to using. So don't hesitate to substitute or swap something out if you don't have any of the six crystals that I just shared. Next, you're going to prepare yourself, your stone, and your sacred space by cleansing everything thoroughly. I really like using sound cleansing for this. A small bell or a chime works great, but just use the method that works best for you. 
Then I want you to think about what purpose you have for connecting with the spiritual realm, with this world of spirit, and create an intention for yourself about what you'd like to experience during this meditation. Don't get too hung up on exactly what you want it to look like, but more think about the outcome that you're hoping for. Are you looking for guidance? Would you like to connect with your ancestors? Do you want to be more tuned into the land that you occupy and to the nature spirits and energies there? Or do you just want to be more generally in flow with the universal energies that surround you? Once you've gotten some clarity about your intention for this exercise, your purpose, you may want to speak it aloud or write it down in your journal or even just on a scrap of paper to kind of refer back to later. Then make yourself comfortable in your sacred space with your chosen crystal. Take just a moment to center and ground yourself And then invite spirit to join you during this exercise and think about the connection that you'll be creating. So pick up your crystal and set it in your lap, hold it over your heart, wherever it feels comfortable, and begin to focus on your breathing. Start by just breathing naturally for a few cycles until you feel yourself begin to relax. And then take a deep breath in, fill your lungs all the way up, And then exhale and release all expectations for this meditation. Yes, you've set an intention. Yes, you've created some focus for yourself, but don't get hung up on your expectation of what it should be like. Then inhale again, close your eyes, and focus on that intention that you've set. Allow yourself to be open to receiving any messages or symbols or intuitive insights from spirit. Remain in stillness for at least 10 minutes, but you can continue for as long as you like or until you intuitively feel that you've connected with spirit. Now be sure to take mental note of any messages or information or symbols that come through during this time of quiet connection. And when you feel ready, take a deep breath in, slowly exhale, open your eyes and return to the present moment. You can then wiggle your fingers and your toes and stretch your arms and your legs and reground and center yourself. Then I'd like you to set your crystal in a prominent place to show your gratitude for spirit. And one of the most important parts is creating that reciprocal relationship. So thank spirit for any wisdom, messages, or energy that was shared with you and for taking the time to connect with you in whatever way feels appropriate to you. You may want to leave a small offering at the end of this practice, like a little piece of artwork, a poem, a crystal grid, or even like some dried herbs in a little dish on your altar or in your sacred space. Of course, making sure it's out of the reach of little ones or pets. You could sing a song, create some moon water, whatever feels good to you as an act of devotion, as an offering. You might also like to take a few minutes to reflect on your experience by journaling, drawing any symbols or making notes of anything that stands out as important or meaningful, or even writing down any further questions that you have. Now, if you are left with any questions or points of curiosity, you may choose to pull a card or two for some clarity or additional information. You can work with tarot cards or oracle cards, whichever you feel most comfortable using, but alternatively, you're welcome to work with any other divinatory tool or method you'd like. So pendulums, runes, oom staves, trinket charms, stone casting, crystal ball scrying, whatever method you're familiar with and you think will help give you some clarity and insight into your remaining questions. 
Now, one important note that I'll leave you on here is that connecting with spirit isn't a one-time thing. This truly is about taking consistent action as much as you're able and developing a relationship. You'll find over time this practice becomes easier and more meaningful. So I hope that you'll be able to incorporate a few of these crystals into your own practice. The Crystal Healing Certification Program is coming soon. Want to know more? For info, free training, and to get on the list, go to crystalhealerschool.com. Well, that is it for our main topic for today. And now it's time for our trending this week segment. As you know, each week I talk about a little something I'm interested in right now. And this week I wanted to share with you a few new crystals that I've added to my toolkit over the past several weeks. So although you may not be able to see these, I thought it would still be kind of fun to explain what I've added to my toolkit and why. So the first piece that I got recently, actually just this past weekend, while I was out of town up in the Northwoods, is a large lapidolite tower. I am in love with this piece. It's from Africa, and it's a really deep purple lapidolite with tons of sparkly mica flecks. And then there's an area on the backside that's a bit softer, more of a lavender color, and there's a little bit of quartz at the bottom of the tower as well. I got this piece because lapidolite is one of my go-tos for helping create more calm, uh, helping me with my anxiety, and I feel like this is a great piece to have in my space right now because, to be honest, I've felt a little bit overwhelmed for the past couple months, and I like having something that I can you know, visibly see as a reminder to take a few breaths and get centered. From the same little shop, I also found another beautiful tower. This one is much smaller, but it's Garnet in Arfedsonite. And I really like the grounding energy of this crystal. The garnets are quite large in this piece. There are a few smaller ones as well, but you can really see the crystal structure and shape of the garnet because of the way it was polished. It slices right through some of the crystals and you can really appreciate that structure. I just thought this piece was gorgeous and I am really excited to have it around to help me with some grounding. I also found from this shop a baculite fossil, and I actually have some baculite already, but what I have looks a bit different and it's quite a bit smaller. This piece is quite large and the notes on this piece um, said that it was a squid section from the Cretaceous period about 80 million years ago. This piece was from Colorado, and the exterior of the piece is covered with this beautiful iridescence. It looks almost like amylite, and it's in this really kind of soft rainbow of colors ranging from violet to blue to green and gold, a little bit of pink and orange. Uh, it's really pretty, and I love fossils. I know a lot of people don't get as excited about them as they do crystals, but this fossil in particular is beautiful and I'm really excited to work with it and see what it's all about. Next up, also from the same shop, is a Banzai Suseki Gobi Agate from Mongolia. And I picked up this piece. It's kind of like a little nodule shape um, because it's it almost looks like a small Venus of Willendorf. Uh, it's in kind of a human figure shape. It's really round and curvy like myself. 
And I just thought this was a really sweet piece and I'm excited to work with it because I love agates. Agates are so varied and there's so much diversity in their color and form and I'm just really excited about connecting with it. The last piece that I got from this shop is a fossilized pine cone and it's from the genus Equicalistrobus. I'm very excited about this. It's from the Eocene period from about 45 million years ago and it's from Morocco. This is a really cool piece. It does kind of still look like a pine cone, but it also almost looks a little bit like a wasp nest. Um, it has all these little holes in it. It's really, really cool. And I imagine this is like where the uh, pine cone seeds were present. It's only about an inch and a half long. It's super smooth. And I'm really excited about that piece because I've wanted a fossilized pine cone for a long time and I've never found one that was affordable and I finally did. Now there are a few other pieces that I've picked up over the past couple months and added to my toolkit that I'm super excited about sharing with you because they all relate to a very special project that I'm working on with my friend Nicholas Pearson, crystal author extraordinaire, and I will be able to share more about that in the near future, but one of the pieces that I got was a piece of mendipite. This piece happens to be in combination with Sarasite, and it's from Cranmore in the Mendip Hills of Somerset. Now, Sarasite is a lead-based mineral, so this is a little toxic. I will be cautious with handling it, but I'm super, super excited about the Mendipite for connecting with the lands in Somerset. I also picked up a beautiful Cornish serpentine bowl. The color in this is amazing. It ranges from like black to dark brown to a bit of burgundy red. And then of course the beautiful olive green. And there are even some kind of creamy streaks through this piece. It is stunning. I'm going to use this as a little offering bowl on my altar and I have collected some apple tree bark and apple leaves that I'll be putting in this as an offering. And all of this has to do with this very special project. So it might seem like kind of an odd combination of things, but every piece has a special meaning for me right now. Another piece that I picked up was a large slab of a dull coat agate, which I actually wasn't very familiar with. And I have Nicholas to thank for introducing me to this amazing stone. They're also called Mendip potato stones. They can form really interesting geodes, but they come in uh, frequently, these little slabs or slices so that you can appreciate the pattern that's created in these agates. And they range from like a cream to a gray to a pink with splotches of a rusty burnt orange red color. And so this is one that's new to me. I'm not really familiar with its qualities or properties yet, but I'm really excited to get to know this stone. The final piece that I picked up is a piece of Dorset Flint, a holy stone, so it's a hag stone. And although I have some flint already, I even have some Dorset Flint already, I was particularly excited about this piece because it's almost in the shape of like a wonky bird skull and the hole that goes through the holy stone part of the hagstone is placed kind of like where the eyes would be in a bird's skull and then it has this curved part that comes out at one angle and looks almost like a beak. It's really really cool and the beak part happens to be a little bit polished um, whereas the rest of the stone is in its natural kind of almost chalky matte finish. 
So this particular piece will also be going on my altar near all of my little items to honor the goddess Morrigan. So I am so excited about all of these pieces. I've definitely slowed down my crystal buying over the years, which makes sense since I have so many different things in my toolkit already. But these are definitely some of the highlights of the crystals I've picked up over the last few months, and it has been such a pleasure to share them with you. Well, that is it for today. I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, of course, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And if you'd like to subscribe to the show at your favorite podcast streaming service, head over to loveandlightschool.com slash listen for our most popular episodes, most recent episodes, and all the platforms this podcast airs. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you next week. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool. The content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.